for the first time in that. The theme for this year for our church is make room. And it's supported by the following words in the Bible from Matthew 6, verse 33. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. Then all these things, these less important things will be given to you abundantly. And this year we want to be continually making room for God to move through us to reach and to help others and not be distracted by all the busyness and other things that we have in our life. So our series is God's Got This. And no matter what you're dealing with, God's got you. And we've looked at dealing with failure. We've looked at dealing with doubt. Last week, we looked at dealing with shame. And today, my message is about don't throw the towel in yet. God's got this. Don't throw in the towel yet. God's got this. And we're going to be dealing with looking at waiting. When things don't go how we expected, when things don't go as we'd hoped, and you're still waiting. And I'm sure every one of us has had times when we had so hoped that things were going to happen in our lives and it just wasn't happening. And we waited and we waited and we waited and we encouraged ourselves some more and we waited and we waited and we may have even cried in despair. Perhaps it was a financial breakthrough that you've been so generous in your giving, but you're waiting for that financial breakthrough. Perhaps it was a job placement or promotion and someone else always seems to be getting it, but it's not you. Was it believing you'd get a home of your own and financially you always seem to be just that bit short of what's needed for the deposit? Sean and I waited 15 years before we got our first home. You've always had a good life. You've always lived a good life but something's gone wrong and now perhaps you're looking at a bit of prison time. Perhaps, you know, you ended up having an affair which you never thought you'd do and how are you ever gonna get past the, the guilt and the shame of that? Perhaps you've got a drinking problem. Perhaps you've got anger issues and you just sort of think, you know, wh when, when am I gonna see a change in my life? Maybe you're believing for yourself or someone else that they would be healed and you still don't see the evidence of that happening. Are you waiting for a partner in life or perhaps a baby? And it just seems to be year after year, nothing's happening. What about you've always felt you'd be doing a specific or particular ministry and there was a certain path for you to follow, but you don't ever see that. You don't ever feel like that's ever going to happen. And I'm sure you can add many a disappointment to this list this morning. And you know what? It's darn hard. It is darn hard. Disappointment is a hard pill to swallow. And it's only, you know, we don't have answers to why it's taking so long. Why aren't you coming through for me, God? What's happening? You know, waiting is not easy for anyone. Waiting is not easy for anyone. But can I encourage you today? Don't throw in the towel yet. God's got this. Don't throw in the towel yet. God's got this. And you say, well, what do you mean, don't throw in the towel yet? Well, this is a term used in boxing. And it was when the trainer felt there was no hope of the boxer winning or he might be physically damaged too much and he didn't want him to continue. So he'd have the towel and be like this and he'd throw the towel in like that. And he thought that that would stop, that the ref would stop the fight. But unlike the Rocky films with Sylvester Stallone, the referee is the only one that has the authority to stop a fight. 
So while they might have thought throwing in the towel was good, only the ref can stop the fight. Basically, they had given up hope. The ref had given up hope of winning the fight at all. And however, you know, that's the way it is. But one thing I know for sure is God is going to be with you the whole way. If only you won't throw in the towel prematurely. Psalm 84 verses 5 to 6 says, How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? Within their hearts are the highway of holiness. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they will dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. I love that. Even when their paths wind through the dark valleys of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others only find pain. So the first thing when dealing with waiting is to remember, life can suck, but God doesn't. Life can suck, but God doesn't. Let's look at part of the life of Joseph in the Bible in the book of Genesis. Joseph is only 17 years old and he has this great dream about his future. And unwisely, he goes and tells his brothers who become very hacked off with him. They trap him and they sell him into slavery where he ends up being in the service of Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. And Potiphar's wife has too much time on her on his, up her sleeve and she starts checking out how well built and how handsome Joseph is. And she tries to seduce him day after day after day. But Joseph had his head screwed on properly and he makes a hasty retreat from her alluring advances. She's not standing for this, so she frames him and sets him up and gets him put in prison. Now it is 11 years later for something he never did wrong. 11 years later, and he's now 28. And you know, it's hard to imagine even how he must have been feeling. Ever since he opened his big mouth about his dream, his whole life has turned upside down. Nothing's gone the way he thought it would. And it would seem in spite of the blessing and the favour of God that you see while he was in prison, still everything is going nowhere. Do you ever feel like that? Just when it looked like he had an opportunity to get out of prison finally, even that hope had been dashed from him. And the Bible doesn't say about how he reacted or what happened to him until two years later. We then see that Pharaoh now has a dream and there's no one to interpret. And the cupbearer finally gets his memory back and remembers that Joseph is in prison. And he tells Pharaoh about Joseph. This is Joseph's time for the tables to turn. And Joseph comes before Pharaoh and tells him the meaning of his dream, which was about that there was a big famine coming. So let's look what Joseph says in Genesis 42, verses 33. He says to Pharaoh, My suggestion is that you find the wisest man in Egypt and put him in charge of administering a nationwide farm program. And then we pick up in Genesis 41, verses 38 to 40. And as they discussed who should be appointed for the job, Pharaoh said, who could do it better than Joseph? For he is a man who is obviously filled with the Spirit of God. Turning to Joseph, Pharaoh said to him, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, you are the wisest man in the country. I am hereby appointing you to be in charge of the entire project. What you say goes throughout the whole land of Egypt. I alone will outrank you. Wow, what an opportunity. 
what a privilege. So now we've got Joseph is 30 years old. He was 17 when everything started going kapat. Now he's 30 years old, 13 years later, when he enters the service of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. You see, God was with him and had always been with him. The fulfillment of his dream 13 years later was now finally happening. But imagine, what if Joseph had thrown in the towel when the, the chief cupbearer had forgotten about him the first time? Imagine if he said, oh, you know, what's happening here? And he just decided to end his relationship with God and, and everything. What if he'd thrown in the towel because he got so angry because God wasn't delivering the goods for him the way he thought maybe it should have happened when he felt it was time for him to get out of prison? What if he'd thrown in the towel and chucked in his relationship with God because his hopes had been dashed and it appeared like God was never moving in his life anyway? What, what would have happened? Let's look at Hebrews 6, 6 verses 10 to 12. For God is not unjust for, to forget your work and the labour of love which you have shown towards his name and that you administered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You see, God had an incredibly responsible position for Joseph to hold. God didn't want him to lack in any area that would stop him from doing all that God had purposed him to do. If Joseph had have moved into the service of Pharaoh earlier, he simply would not have been ready. In James chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, it says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Most of us do not like that bit. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If you rush ahead and become impatient, and don't let patience have its perfect work, then you will not be complete and you will need something again. So around the mountain you will go again and again until you learn what you need to and God's work in you is perfected. God hadn't forgotten Joseph at all and he definitely hasn't forgotten you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. God has not forgotten you. In 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5, it says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. I don't want to work with my patience. I want to draw on the patience of God. That's a whole nother ballgame. Had God forgotten Joseph? Certainly not. Was Joseph right on track to fulfill his destiny even though his hopes had been dashed? Certainly was. You see, Joseph didn't throw in the towel. He may not have understood what was going on. And my gosh, who doesn't? Who doesn't go down that track? But he kept on being faithful in serving God. And listen to this. He kept his relationship close with God. That is so vital and important. He kept his relationship close with God. God was refining Joseph to make him into someone who would be able to endure, someone who would last. Joseph pushed through the natural emotional barrier that can make people throw in the towel. And he gave birth to the fulfillment of the dream that God had given him. First Thessalonians, sorry, First Thessalonians 5 verse 24 says, He who calls you is faithful, 
who also will do it. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Don't throw in the towel yet. God's got this. The second thing when dealing with waiting is focus on the giver, not the gift. The problem for most of us is that we focus on what we want and what we hope for instead of who we are with while we wait. The minute that what we want and hope for takes more priority than what we focus on, than the focus of the giver, which is God, then we've got things out of balance and that's where we get unstuck. You might be thinking, why doesn't God love me? Why doesn't he come through for me? It just seems like he doesn't love me because nothing's ever happening. I've used this illustration once before, but I can't think of a better one at the moment. Was I'm out in the car driving and someone rear ends me and then there's damage to my car. What would you think if all of a sudden I burst in tears and went, oh no, what am I going to do? Sean won't love me anymore. He's going to want a divorce. What am I going to do? You probably roll your eyes and go, what on earth has that accident Got to, got to do with whether Sean loves you or not. Of course he loves you. What's not to love? Of course he loves you. But what, again, what's that got to do? What's, what's that got to do? Your circumstances got to do with whether God loves you or not. You can do nothing to stop him from loving you. Nothing to stop you from loving. His love isn't based on what you have or what you do. It's based on how good he is. It's based on how good he is and how he doesn't want you to settle for anything less than his best for you. That's what God is like. You know, the prize in life is not the financial breakthrough. It's not the job. It's not the home. It's not the healing. It's not the secure family. It's not the partner. It's not the baby. It's not the ministry. It's simply... God loving you and you doing life with him. And sometimes I think we just don't get that in our heads. It's not about all those other things. It's about God loving you and you doing life with him. That's, that's the prize. That's the big deal. It's not that you have to wait. It's about how you wait. Or you can wait with attitude and you can be hacked off with God. And you know what? you're probably miserable. Or you can enjoy getting closer to God than you ever have and realize that that is really deep down what you're really needing and wanting, not what you thought you wanted. Matthew 6 verse 33 in a different translation from what we read at the start says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Here's an interesting scripture, Matthew 5 verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that word poor in the Greek is tokos, a word that is used to, that is for those who are reduced to begging, those who are dependent on others. Selwyn Hughes, an international speaker and author, says it this way, that here it maybe implies a voluntary emptying of our inner being in order to receive something of greater benefit. What if we bowed, if we said it another way? Blessed are those who are dependent in spirit. That is, that is those who are willing to be dependent on God to fill them with his life and grace. 
It's all about relationship. I certainly have no problem being dependent on my husband, Sean, when we go traveling and we go to a hotel. He has Acor Platinum membership and I have no Acor status whatsoever. And when I partner with him, I know my limitations and I know the benefits of being on the end of his arm. Oh, Mr. Stanton, oh, it is lovely to have you here again. We've upgraded you. And I'm going, yes, to the 35th and the 35th floor is open waiting for you. There's complimentary slack snacks up there. There's drinks, there's small meals. There's when we go to our room, there's little slippers in the room and little chockies on our bed and that. And I have no complaints at all. Who would? By myself, I have nothing. But because of my confidence, my relationship with Sean, I can walk into that hotel with full confidence that the riches or rewards apply to me. It's a byproduct only because Sean is the one I want to be in relationship with, not the hotel. He's probably relieved of that at this point. Sean is the one I want to be in relationship. And all those other things are just a byproduct. But when I'm with him, I have full confidence that I am nothing by myself, but because of my relationship with him, it's on, baby. I've got the works. My daughter never wants to travel with me because I don't have any status with all these things. I'll go with dad. I'll go with dad. <laughs> and you know, I am nothing without God, but because I have asked him into my heart and because I have a relationship with him and he has accepted me as one of his children, I have access to all his riches. I can confidently walk anywhere knowing I am so loved by him. I am forgiven. I can walk in freedom. I can do far more in life with him than I could have ever done by myself. And he helps me every day more and more become the best version of myself. Have I arrived? Anyone that knows me knows, no, you haven't arrived, Linda. But he's helping me every day, making sure I don't settle for what I think is best for me when he has so much more for me and he has so much more for you. In the boxing world, there've been times when the trainer has thrown in the towel like I did this morning. And you know, you know what? The ref picks up the towel and throws it back at the trainer. He throws it back at the trainer because he's saying, hey, you don't, you don't have the authority to do that and I'm not stopping the fight. I'm not stopping the fight. And I love that because for me, it's just a picture of God saying to me when sometimes I've thought I'll throw in the towel. No, you can have the towel back, Linda. You're not throwing in the towel. I've not finished yet. I've got so much more I want to do in you to grow you and, and to do so much more that I've got this. I've got this. Together, you can make it through to the good things that I've got planned for you. And I'm thankful that I've got God, a ref in my life, who throws the towel back at me, says, no, no, I'm not finished with you yet. Come on, together, work with me together. I've got this, we can do this. And God longs to be in relationship with you every day. And sometimes he has to just get rid of a few things that distract you because you're not being with him enough and you're not dependent on him. We were never created to do life independent of God. We simply can never alone satisfy ourselves. But most people will spend their lives trying to do that. And just with a dash of God, just enough so hopefully he will come through for them for what they want. 
Psalm 27 verse 4 says, Here's one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with Him every moment in His house, finding the sweet loveliness of His face, filled with awe, delighting in His glory and His grace. I want to live my life so close to Him that He takes pleasure in every prayer. I believe there are some of you here today and you've been faithful, but your faith and patience is really being stretched and you're starting to question what's the point. And I believe God would say to you today, don't throw in the towel yet. Don't throw in the towel yet. I'm perfecting more in you and growing you more than you'll ever realize. I have not changed my love and my faithfulness towards you nor my faithfulness to fulfill my word. Hang in there and keep close to me. We can do this together. That's a word for somebody, for you perhaps today. God is wanting to speak to you. I love Ephesians 3 verse 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Today, God is faithful to all he has said and his power can be at work within you if you have a personal relationship with him. Proverbs 23 verses 17 to 18 says, Don't envy evil men, but continue to reverence the Lord all the time. For surely you have a wonderful future ahead of you. There is hope for you yet. And you may have written yourself off or written your situation off, but God certainly hasn't. When generations before us gave up on God and left him out of the picture, sin became rampant and they separated themselves from God. He actually regretted he had created us. It's in the Bible. But also true to God's nature, his love for all generations then and there, was so great, he just couldn't sit back and do nothing. He gave us his only son, Jesus, to pay the price, death on the cross, for everyone's sin, past, present, future, once for all. So when we ask his forgiveness, he truly does forgive us and we can be in relationship with God. And the good news is that on the third day after third day of death, after his death, God raised Jesus from the dead so we can have a relationship with a living Saviour who cares about every breath you take. <music> 